We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Like I would date someone who is 500 pounds, like didn't shower if they had an amazing brain. So you're saying your boyfriend that you're living with right now is a huge uggo? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. I'm here with Skylar Corby. How are you? I mean, I had a salad for dinner and I fucking hated every bite of it. Sorry. You look good. You're wearing makeup this week. We should probably try to text each other and sync this up one day. Yeah, I haven't left my basement in like 48 hours, so I feel- Vitamin D's got nothing on you, baby. No, I'm so tired all the time. I'm getting a physical on Thursday because I feel like everyone I know is dying or sick. So I'm like, I need to go get a physical to make sure that I'm not dying. Yeah. I went and got a physical for the first time last year in like, I don't even know how long. Like they were like, when was the last time you had just just saw like a general practitioner? I'm like, That's a, my mom was there. So I'm definitely at least like 14 or 15 years old. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't go to the doctor. Oh, I am such a hypochondriac. I spent... $400 on an allergy test to find out I'm allergic to grass. Isn't everybody a little bit? Yes, that is the point. I, I spent $500 on an MRI and an MRA because my grandfather had two aneurysms and I was like, I have an aneurysm. So I went and got checked for aneurysms. Don't have any, which that, that I think was worth it. Every time I got a tension headache, I was like, is this it? Am I about to die? And then I went to go get waxed. And my esthetician was like, have you ever been to that minute clinic next door? Oh, oh no, I had come from, I got my a UTI medication. And then I went and got waxed because I'm a hustler, homies. And <laughs> yeah, it's called getting shit done, getting ready for the next Friday. And the woman was like, oh, yeah, that minute clinic is so great. When I had my aneurysm and I was like, what? And she said what happened was is she felt a pop and then her brain filled with blood and she could feel it like liquid filling her head and she passed out and she couldn't move. She was like paralyzed, but she was still conscious, but she was paralyzed. And her four year old daughter had to call 911. And so she's telling me the story. And my narcissistic ass 
was like, were there any signs before that? Like, I'm having a headache in the back of my head, making it about me. Not like, oh, God, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm like, okay, hold up. When you say you were getting headaches, can you point on my head where they are? Because I'm getting headaches. And the and- pop, was it more of like a balloon pop or like a yeah. uh, bigger question? You talk to the girl that does like your waxing and stuff. I don't chat with mine. I go to the laser girl and we are all business. We do not speak. I go to European Wax Center, which I went this week and got my eyebrows done and she waxed my skin off. Oh yeah, how you doing? I mean, now I'm fine, but... I guess maybe she did you a favor because you never have to worry about hair growing in that spot ever again. Well, it was next to my eyelid, so I don't even know why she was down there, but whatever. But I just feel like the reason why I usually talk to my estheticians is one, because it's like kind of awkward because I'm literally spread eagle. My legs are open and they're looking into my butthole. Right. But usually these women have seen some shit and they'll tell you the scoop. I was once getting a wax when I was going to go see Big Slippers, you know, who ended up bailing on me. RIP Big Slippers. Miss you. Uh, But I was telling her, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like meeting up with this guy and like better safe than sorry. She was like, oh, yeah, this girl came in and she came in last minute at whatever time they close, eight, nine, maybe it was seven or eight. I don't know. She came in freaking out like I this guy texted me and I have to get waxed like I have to please, please, please like begging the person to squeeze her in. And this girl was like, I felt so bad. I I waxed her. But she was like, it was hard to wax her because she literally didn't have hair. But she said she was worried the guy was going to freak out if she had any hair at all. What were they doing? Having sex? Well, I know that. But like if she already didn't have anything that was noticeable to a waxer on her. I know. And she was, she was good too. And she had an eye because I sometimes will wax my asshole in between because asshole hair grows so fast. Yeah. And she was like, Hey, do you try to uh, shave your asshole sometimes? And I was like, yeah, how do you know? She's like, it's quite a hack job back here. (laughs) I do like having a clean asshole. There is something about it when you take a poop where you're just like, I know it's coming out like just slippery. (laughs) There's no trail of tears back here. No, it's just a straight up log flume. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a crazy bitch of the week. Please. Okay. Usher, did you read this article? I think I did. He used fake money at a strip club? Yes. (laughs) Okay, but I read the article because usually I just read the headlines and then I'm, I'm told I'm sadly mistaken. He has this thing called Ush Bucks where it's fake money with his face on it. Mm-hmm. And he went to a strip club. He went to Sapphire in Vegas. And the stripper posted like, wow, Usher paid me in this. And like that went around and, and got in the headlines and stuff. And then the owner of the club was like, no, Usher paid our dancers very well. He also paid our staff very well. Someone, one of the people in his crew brought Ush Bucks to promote his residency in Vegas. And they just left him on the floor. And I'm sure people got excited and picked him up and was like fuck this this is fake money yeah which i i do think like you know it's kind of shitty that someone would try to bait him as like not paying cheap yeah but also i think it's kind of shitty to bring fake money to a strip club come on you're gonna throw money or fake money around obviously people are gonna get excited and pick it up and be like what the fuck is this yeah it is kind of lame. But it's also Usher. Like, I, yeah. I give him props for trying to stay relevant. Like, he, like, puts his face on money. It's like, yeah, you are as old as most of the presidents who are on money. What is he even? I don't know what, like, generation whatever X. Who knows? To be fair, first I'm hearing that it had anything to do with an Usher residency in Vegas, which is kind of like, who asked for this? Honestly, I would go to an Usher residency in Vegas. 
love in this club love in this club but i need him to bring out like Ludacris and lil john and all like that show better be the full album every single night yeah that's true yeah just bringing fake money to a strip club is just lame is lame in general because it's like what are they gonna do with it but i will argue that i had an australian dollar uh hanging on my wall for a while because i hooked up with that australian mm-hmm. and um that's basically fake money yeah that's the same thing i think i'd rather have an buck, honestly <laughs> it doesn't have queen elizabeth and her racist ass on on the dollar bill so an buck buys you a positive pregnancy test mm-hmm Usher does hold a special place in my heart because at our sixth grade dance, um, I was I had a boyfriend at the time and I didn't like him very much. And the boy that I had a crush on all through elementary school asked me to dance to You Got It Bad. And I did. And then I found out that my sixth grade boyfriend was really mad outside of the gym. So, of course, we danced for about 12 seconds. And then I had to go find the boyfriend while You Got It Bad was playing. And I started crying. And now that like every time I hear that song still, I like do the whole like dramatic stare out the window for a few minutes just because you just go to Coney Island and go to a pier. <laughs> You're like, I got to stare at the ocean for a bit. Just a little bit. Oh, you got a bad was a good one, too. I do feel like Usher did speak to the soul he in did. a way that most singers did not in the early 2000s. Yeah, We should try to get him on the podcast. Good. <laughs> How many Ush bucks is it going to take to get Usher on the podcast? <laughs> What's he doing now? If he's in Vegas at Sapphire Nightclub in a pandemic, I would love to see a strip club in a pandemic. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, do you have a crazy bitch of the week? Um, My crazy bitch would actually be Nick Cannon's sperm. He got his new girlfriend pregnant also with twins. So now he will be the father of two different sets of twins, which I just think is unreal. Now it's just going to be a thing where like, which sets of twins are prettier? You know Mariah Carey. Like, I feel like Mariah Carey is a little, a little bit, a lot of it petty. And I feel like that would be a very real thought that would run through her head because it ran through mine. And I would hope that Mariah would win, but I also don't like the other woman isn't bad looking. So it's a race to the finish, I guess. I don't think Mariah Carey is attractive at all. Really? I, I guess I used to. And then hearing stories about her, about how crazy she is and like, She's uh, horrible. Like it does make her look significantly less attractive. She's gorgeous in like the early nineties, but who wasn't? Yeah. There's something about Mariah Carey. I just find like, <laughs> but I was never like a huge Mariah Carey person. Like I, you know, I liked Britney. I like Britney Spears. And then Mariah Carey, I was always kind of like, I liked glitter, but I don't know. I put her in the same category as Fergie when um, Fergie sang the national anthem, which I just rewatched recently. Did you ever see that? Oh yeah. I don't think I've seen it in a few years. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you forget how horrible it was. Fergie, actually, I do feel bad for because she's just not that talented. And seeing her do that performance and truly giving it her all, there's nothing funnier but also more sad than someone trying so hard and believing that they're good at something and them being so terrible. Well, aren't there like... They show the guys on the sides like laughing and stuff, right? Like the players are laughing. Halfway through, they start being like, is this fucking real? Yeah. Did Fergie get back on meth? I mean. No, I I think she just genuinely doesn't have that good of a voice. I don't think so either. If she's not spelling out her name or talking about a London bridge, 
it's like if you listen to her music she's really talking throughout all I was gonna of say, she's like she's kind of keshing it she's like talk singing through it Kesha proved herself with that last song. I know everyone says that. I just, I didn't really like the song either, but I did think her voice, her vocals were better. See, here's the thing: I watch The Masked Singer, and they always bring up. They're like, "Oh, I think that could have been Kesha." And I'm such like an asshole watching that show because I'm like yelling at the TV. I'm like, she doesn't sound like that. And I watch it with my friend Allie, and she's like, "No, like I think she actually is a good singer." I'm like, then why would she have wasted five years? doing songs like TikTok and whatever else she fucking did where she wasn't good if she was like, but I'll prove to you guys in 15 years that I can actually sing. It does get to a certain point where it's like, if you're that talented and you're keeping it under wraps, what the fuck are you doing? You know what, Skylar? I would argue that about myself. Look, I studied film at USC. I write scripts all the time, but here I am telling dick jokes and tweeting about my pussy. It's just, you got to get in somehow. It's like Lady Gaga. In her first album. Yes, her voice was still good, but she wore all this shit because she needed to, like, get attention. True, but I don't know. And it worked for Kesha. It worked. It did. I just Maybe I'm just not a fan and I'm an asshole. Who knows? No, I get what you're saying. It's like, if you're truly talented, your voice should just be the first thing. But as someone who's been trying to be a professional performer now for eight years, going on nine... I'm about to start a fucking OnlyFans. So, I mean, I could not start an OnlyFans. And it's no judgment to someone who has it just because I look away when I walk into the shower and have to step in front of a mirror. Like, I (laughs) avert my eyes. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. The decision process on what would go up, that would be tough. Yeah. And then I'm like, how do I even price it? Yeah. How horrible would that feel? You create an OnlyFans and someone's like, I think you got to bring your price down. Yeah. Okay. The fetish of the week mm-hmm. is macrophilia. You really like fucking personal trainers who give you a meal plan. That's a pretty good guess. But think, what is macro? Big? I don't know. If it's getting turned on by big dicks, this is going to be so disappointing. Like everybody. It's, <laughs> it's getting turned on by giants. Oh, so like fantasy giants or just like really tall people I like, think it's really tall people and then obviously you fantasize about players. yeah exactly I, I think I had this in college with football players I mean that's most college girls any jersey chaser in high school in college definitely had that now mm. is it giants or just like big like like a big jacked football player could still only be only like six three six four but that's a big guy I mean, a 6'4", 6'3", guy to you, Scott, I think it's all perception, right? So, like, a 6'4", 6'3", guy to you, how tall are you? 5'1". Yeah, that's a giant. It is. I tried to date one that was, like, 6'5", when I first moved to New York, and the awkwardness of it all ruined it for me. Like, he had to hinge at the waist to kiss me, and I'm like, this is- How'd you guys meet? A dating app of some kind, I don't remember. I was trying to save a cat in a tree, and he just reached up. (laughs) Pretty much, Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's something on that top shelf. And he just pulled it all down. I'm like, I'm in. But <laughs> did you ever have sex with him? No. And that was part yeah. of it. Like, what well, I was terrified. Um, but we also we went on like three dates. And I think that was kind of the thought process where I'm like, okay, this is probably happening soon. And the fact that I could only imagine it, I'm like, how is this gonna literally? I don't, I didn't know how it was going to work because if we're connected at our parts. My head was going to be maybe at his chest, his, tops. 
and not I to like, mention the equipment that was going on down there it was so much to think about and then the hinging like it was at the end of one date and I think he's like oh do you want to come home with me and I think I was just like no I wasn't really into it anyway honestly but when I realized that it looked like he was bending down to kiss a toddler I'm like this is just weird to me I don't like it and I'm out so it was just it was it was a nice experiment but I do not have this fetish because I was not into that at all yeah, I don't think I have like a giant fetish, but I do love feeling small in a guy's arms. I mean, hey. <laughs> I imagine hearing would be difficult. Yes. Yes. Like my boyfriend in college was 6'4, and I mm-hmm. feel like he was always like, What? What? And people would be like, Is your boyfriend stupid? And he wasn't stupid at all. But he just, I don't think he could hear that well because he was so far above everyone. <laughs> right. If everyone else is like eight inches shorter than you at minimum, like, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? I just think the wind takes a lot of words away, which I think would be a benefit to guys when they're dating women, including myself. Like with my ex-boyfriend, he'd be like, what? And it would give me a chance to be like, do I really want to say that? Maybe I'll change it up. (laughs) It gives you a second chance to be like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. You can censor yourself. Yeah, I I don't know. It's not like that's a ton of guys. So you really have to be so dedicated to that preference and just be like, well, I'm going to let a lot of otherwise great people go by the wayside just because I need them to be as fucking tall as possible and then you are dating some weirdos and they're probably going to die at like 60 yeah you never see a tall old guy no they you can't they just don't make it that long bummer our guest today she's the founder of Quinn which Mm -hmm. is the porn the audio porn app so let's say you don't like visuals maybe you don't want to watch no face porn Maybe you just want to listen to it. This is your girl, or this is the app. She's not on it, but she created it. She's 24, which I think is fucking insane. So yeah, I think it's great. And I, she's, think it's awesome. I think it's super smart. I'm glad we got to sit down with her. I still haven't tried the app just because I, uh, I think I'm too, it sounds very vulnerable and I'm afraid of that when I'm masturbating. Like I don't want to cry, cry. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take you out of the moment. I only cry during accidental anal IRL. So, but no, I'm going to try it. I, I, I should probably shouldn't say that I haven't tried it. Whatever. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to, but yeah, let's Caroline Spiegel. Did you see the video I tried to post on Instagram? No. It was a guy eating a woman's ass in broad daylight, but it got taken down. That's shocking. I can't imagine. Why. I didn't get taken down from Twitter. How crazy. They have more things to worry about right now. Probably. Yeah, that's true. Hi, thanks for doing this. Oh my God, of course. Hold on, let me connect my AirPods. I'm having so many difficulties today. Okay, cool. I'm so excited. Yeah, okay, so we kind of just get into it because Skylar and I do a separate intro. Okay, perfect. Um, I had never heard of Quinn and not because I am not a fit, or I'm just not that into porn, I guess. So I don't really know the porn industry, but I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, this is a very nice website. Skylar, have you... So this is my girl, Skylar, by the way. So wait, Skylar, you've heard of Quinn? I have heard of it. And I like, it's funny because I think I was explaining it to someone recently. I was explaining it to a guy recently and it was just the whole idea. I'm like, you know how you get off on like images? I'm like, that doesn't work for girls. He's like, I don't think that's true. I'm like, okay. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Like you always tell, I always tell guys, I've told my boyfriend this even. I'm like, you know, dick pics don't really do it for me. He's like, that's not true. Like I sent you dick pics when we first started dating. I'm like, and I was very complimentary, but I'm like, I didn't really like I didn't do anything with it after I received it yeah I mean 
Karen, do you want to explain, Quinn, for people like me who listen to porn on mute? Uh, I think I just have too much testosterone is what I'm learning. <laughs> but anyway, do you want to explain, Quinn, and like... Yeah, totally. Well, you know, it's interesting because I sometimes watch visual porn on mute, honestly, for convenience. And also just because like, I think watching two people have sex can definitely be hot. Yes. But I think the idea behind Quinn is sort of like every startup says this, but like rethinking, redefining, like just actually, but actually like redefining like what porn means, because I think we get so used to like being dropped in this random situation, right? We have no idea who these people are to each other. They probably don't even have a relationship and they're just banging. Um, but in like actuality in real life, what makes sex hot to us is like, oh, this is someone we find attractive in some way, or maybe have a crush on, or maybe are, you know, want to marry or, or whatever the relationship is, or maybe we just want to fuck whatever, but it's about like the context and, and like the relationship and like the, someone said to me once like the oomph. And I think that's what Quinn is about. It's like the energy, which sounds hokey, but it's so not because you can have sex. that's like low energy, kind of like robotic, or you can have sex. that's like really like emotionally passionate. And I don't mean that by like, oh, you have to be in love with the person. I just mean like, there's like oomph to it. So Quinn is like about just that, like it's about like emotional connection. And I think people get stuck on like, oh, it's like an audiobook. Oh, it's like a podcast. It's like not at all. It's like if your boyfriend were to leave you like a really hot audio note or like send you like um, what he wants to do to you. It's kind of like that vibe rather than like, and then Sally like went into his room, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like phone sex where you don't have the embarrassment of you doing anything. Exactly. Uh, at the beginning of quarantine, night sex with it was having fun sex with this guy, and I just like I, it was like hot, but I couldn't say anything. I just didn't know what to say. And he was like, "Hannah, I'm running out of steam here. I'm running out of words I can say." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't really have much here in the." I'm googling as fast as I yeah, can. I'm like, "Fuck." So actually, now that you're saying that, yeah. And then, do you hire the voice actors, or do people submit it themselves? Do people get paid? Like, how does it work on the back end? Yeah, so we've tried a, def- a bunch of different like ways of doing it, um, but ultimately, what we decided to do is sort of like a Peloton model, if you will. So we have like a we have like twenty people that we pay to make audios, and they each have very different brands. So sort of like how Ali Love on Peloton has her brand or whatever. Anyway, the the idea just being that like we want to have Quinn be involved in the creators' work because we can help them edit it. We can help them come up with ideas, but ultimately we want like their personality to shine. We want them to promote it on their Instagram and feel proud of it, but they don't have to go at it alone. It's not like you're uploading onto Reddit or like something with no support. Do they write or is it vocal? Like we don't have any script writers and we don't like do any of the production. We have 20 creators that are, they're just freelancers. They're not like employees. They're like our instructors, right? Or like our creators is what we call them. Um, and they just record these audios. Sometimes they do it on audio notes, even on their phone. None of them use scripts. So it's just really like literally as if a boyfriend was leaving you a voice note. And cool. it's all improv. Right. Yeah. I mean, they'll have like a general structure they want to adhere to or a few lines or things they want to say, but it's, it always sounds better without a script. Do they have catchphrases? Do they have catchphrases <laughs> that you can put on a t-shirt? You know, definitely. I, we should totally get that. Well, there's, there's one guy who's like really good at doing like oral audios and like, oh my God, like the, when he like does oral sex, like it's so fucking hot. And, and his thing is like, I, I like to taste and that's like become like a thing. And like within like the Quinn community is like, he likes to taste anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's, what's his name? I'm writing it down. <laughs> his name is Anani Fun. 
And how do you find these people? Is this like a Craigslist ad or were you like on a Pornhub and you're like, you have talent. Let's yeah. come to Quinn. I, it's so funny because I literally find them everywhere. Like name a social media, some kind of gig platform. And I've been on it hunting for people, like everything from Reddit to Craigslist to Instagram, TikTok. We find a lot of people through TikTok and Instagram. Honestly, Twitter has become like porn central these days. Um, we find people on like voice actor websites, but also like once you kind of get into different creative communities, I would say people start referring like, oh, my one friend's like a little bit freaky. Like, let me see if he's down. You know what I mean? And like you kind yeah. of have the program going. So it's been really fun to find people. Yeah. And do they all use their real name or do some of them use fake names? Yeah, I would say 80-20, use their real names, 80% use fake names. Yeah, because it is a different, you know, with porn stars, I've just heard from meeting a couple and everything, it's like hard to sign a lease or they just get treated so poorly because of their profession. I mean, Quinn is a little different because it's not, you're not showing it, but does it kind of take away that factor of like people afraid of putting themselves out? You know what I'm saying? Like, totally, totally. Yeah. I think with Quinn one, like there are a few reasons why it's different from like a creator perspective and from like a landlord perspective or employer <laughs> perspective. I think one, like you're not actually having sex. A lot of our creators will say like, if they're talking about their job or whatever, they'll just say like, Oh, I, I do like audio guides for a female sexual wellness company. You know what I mean? Like we don't really, or like I do like guided sessions for women. Um, like no one knows what audio porn is yet. So it's not really like particularly scan and no one would say that on like a job application like oh, I always do audio porn yeah. but then also I think these days like we are trending towards more acceptance of people having an OnlyFans of people you know do like doing sex work and sex related things having like a sexual side of it to them and most of our creators like they're everything from you know uber drivers to CEOs to baristas and like on the side they do this so it's like you know kind of like a side hustle for a lot of people I yeah. would kill to get into an Uber and have the per have the driver like doing this on the side simultaneously. They're like, "Do you mind if I do this?" I'm like, "No, do yeah. your thing." Like, or if you listen to it and you get into an Uber and they're like, "Hannah," and you're like, "Holy <laughs> shit, Rick, I know you." I know that was so funny because like a bunch of people were trying to figure out who Harry, like one of our most popular creators, named Harry, and like everyone was like trying to figure out like who Harry was. And I was like, just embrace the mystery, guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you run into him one day, you'll know. So. I mean, that's probably also what makes him so hot. You know, the mystery of it. It's hotter because you don't know what he looks like. Because well, you can, can also be create it for people that like visual porn doesn't entirely work for. It is the whole imagination aspect of it. So you're like, okay, I'm getting fed like a little bit of this. This works for me. And now I get to play with the rest of it in my head. And I feel like that'd be the fun part. I also feel like with like visual porn, tattoos take <laughs> me out of it. And I, I have a lot of tattoos. So I'm not judgmental of tattoos, but it's like, I don't believe you're in Catholic school. You're covered in sleeves. Well, you know, I think that's not a unique, like, or not like just you that feels that way because I have so many girls that DM me or whatever. And they'll say like, oh, you know, like with visual porn, I always have so many questions in my head. Like, who is this? Like, what kind of pizza is the pizza man delivering? Or like, you know, like, like it's overwhelming, honestly, to yeah. like, to watch two people fuck. So yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, they're keep going, but you're done. And you're like, yeah. stop it. <laughs> We're done here. Wait, so when did you start Quinn? 
I started it almost two years ago. And how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 24. Oh my God, you're so young. Because you dropped out of Stanford. Correct. Yeah, but I was basically done. It was my senior year. So I, I didn't like drop out like halfway through. Or anything. Where did the name Quinn come from? So basically we were like having like a name brainstorm. And one of the guys I was with was like, oh, this really hot girl that I kind of like is named Quinn. And everyone was like, ooh, Quinn. Yeah, Quinn is a hot name. It's also, is it a guy's name too? It's like gender yeah. neutral. Interesting. And what made you, what were you studying at Stanford? I was studying computer science. So obviously very different than what I do now. But, and your brother does Snapchat. You're like an app family. Right, right. Very tech enabled family. Yeah. yeah. So what do your parents do? Are they also in tech? They're lawyers actually, which is weird. And is it just you and your brother? We also have a sister in the middle. And does she have her own app as well? <laughs> no, but I mean, I, she needs to create one, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I have some ideas. Tell her to email me. I've got some ideas in the works. want to adopt Tana. Yeah, I have no capital and I have no idea of how to do an app, but I've got some pretty good ideas. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly half the battle. So I feel like you're good. <laughs> Yeah. So like, what made you do this? You were like, okay, I'm grossed out by porn. I'm out of college. I'm not having sex anymore. How do I get turned on? I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like I, I actually had a really bad eating disorder in college, my junior year. And like after recovering from it, I had a lot of like issues with sex. I just like felt like I couldn't get turned on easily. I couldn't get wet, like for lack of better words, easily. I couldn't orgasm as easily. And I just felt like I was struggling and it's like, and I just like, didn't really expect that at that point in my life, right? It's supposed to be like your sexual fucking renaissance, you know, like when you're 22 or whatever. And so, and I remember like using porn to try and like figure out what I liked or what was wrong and then just hating all of it. And so that's kind of where I like just started to look for other types of porn or other things to turn me on. Nice. And then, yeah, I did want to talk about your eating disorder a little bit because not to trivialize your experience, but I do feel like every woman has like bouts of eating disorder things of like purging after meals or like not eating at certain times or just like tendencies that are very unhealthy. And then so my question is like, at what point do you realize, oh, this is a problem? Yeah, I mean, that's like a really, like I guess, like kind of important question. Um, I would say like, you know, 80% of women struggle with disordered eating. And it's like you're mentioning, it's everything from like overeating a little bit to having negative thoughts about your body, to having body dysmorphia, to having really serious life-threatening eating disorders. So you should kind of seek help or, or figure out like what to do if you experience any of those things, you know, like, I don't think there's like some level where all of a sudden it like becomes a real problem. It's like, if it's negatively impacting your life, like you shouldn't feel like, uh, it's not that bad. Like I'll just deal. You know, I think that every woman could probably benefit from working on their relationship with food and figuring out, I think everyone in the world honestly could work on that because it's really hard when you're scrolling through Instagram and you feel like your body is the only thing that makes you an important worthwhile person in the world. And, you know, everyone's giving their two cents on what magic thing is going to make you skinny, et cetera. I, I'm kind of like trivializing it, but it's actually a very painful experience for young women, especially. Yeah. But, but answer your question. Like when I got help was when the people that loved me and who were around me were like, you know, we're really worried about you. You don't, you know, you look very sick and like, we want to, we want to help you. But I don't think that like by any means makes it like an official, like you can have an eating disorder and no one even know that there's something wrong with you. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I know. I had a pretty bad eating disorder my sophomore year of college, but I was just at a healthy, like a normal low weight that's still healthy. But the way I um, looked at food and the way I weighed myself and the way I thought about myself was so negative that it's it's such a fine line because then I gained 20 pounds because I was like, I have to stop weighing myself every day. And then that threw me through a loop. So it's just kind of this unending cycle, especially as a woman. It's just so hard to look at your body and be like, this is great. This is good. <laughs> Because then you, yeah, I think that's such a good way of putting it when you talk about being at a normal weight and having everyone sort of be like, ah, you know, she's fine, or oh, she looks great, she must have a healthy relationship with food. But often it's the people that look like, you know, great that are actually having a really hard time. And then, yeah, and then like you gain weight, and, and people are like, oh, she definitely doesn't have any sort of, but that's when you actually feel the worst. You know, it's like, I think it's wrong to think that, oh, like we can spot them, you know, like we don't, yeah, head, you know, so yeah. At school, were you pressured? Were you in a sorority? Was it like pressure from a sorority or was it, are you from LA? Yeah, I'm from LA. Yeah. Yeah. I went to USC. So like, that's when mine really spiraled. Um, Just like I thought about it more. I realized that I was like unattractive going to USC. Not that I'm unattractive, but I was like, oh, cool. I think it's sometimes because especially in college, like you're surrounded by girls in a sorority or just like making new friends and stuff. And then they're like, oh my God, you know what we should do? We should only have 500 calories a day. I'm like, ooh, I love a challenge. Yeah. And you do that and it's fucking ridiculous and impossible, but you're surrounded by everyone that's like, ha ha ha, this is so fun and funny, like not a big deal. No one has the amount of care or actual thought around it until sometimes it's a little late. Yeah. No, I mean, I had a friend in college who was like, you know what we should do? We should roofie ourselves tonight. This is my freshman year of college. She's like, let's roofie ourselves. And I was like, isn't that what we're trying to avoid going out? Like, what are you talking about? She was like, you put it in a water bottle, shake it up, put it in the cap, and then you just drink the cap and you'll be fucked up and then you won't get the calories of alcohol. I was like, I just don't know if I need to be fucked up that bad. And I'm an alcoholic. So like, I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. It was insane. But she had a terrible eating disorder and would only eat chicken and Diet Coke. And when people would be like, hey, are you okay? She'd be like, you're jealous of me. And we'd be like, all right. And it's hard in college too, because everyone's finding out who they are. You know, a lot of my friends, I think, went through their worst eating disorders in college because it's like, you don't have parents around to be like, you should be eating this or like, you don't go home for dinner and your mom's made you like a healthy dinner. And is you know, it's like, you're totally on your own for the first time. And also I think Greek life is really toxic for that. Yeah. I just, I couldn't agree more. And I, I just think it's so nice to like have open conversations about these topics, like relatable ones. But I think like for why college is particularly difficult for young women in terms of eating disorders is like, okay, A, you have like your body just generally transforming, like as you go through puberty, et cetera. And so maybe you had like a little weight gain in high school, but then now combine that with college, drinking more, having to take like get your own meals, you know, I don't know, like eating a lot of shitty food when you're drunk, whatever. Food is not shitty and not shitty. You know what I mean? Just like eating a lot of it. Not healthy, not healthy food. You're ordering pizza at 12 o'clock at night. That's not a bad thing, but it's also not healthy. You're slamming 15 mozzarella sticks at three in the morning. Like, I'd say, yeah. (laughs) But I think generally, just for me, when I went to college, I wasn't like in touch with, or like I wasn't feeling things inside my body. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm tired. I should take a nap. Or, oh, I'm hungry. I should have a snack. Like my focus was so on other things and I wasn't particularly like invested in, in my well-being. And I think that definitely contributed to it. But I will say another thing that you guys mentioned is like that kind of like playful, like almost challenging girl talk that can happen. 
that like has undercurrents of like very serious problems. Mm -hmm. And then I think what happens is like, you have those like conversations in groups, right? Like maybe you're drunk, maybe you're getting ready for a party. And then you like kind of take them home with you. So like, then you're alone and you're like, oh, should I actually be like implementing some of these things in my life? Or like, am I behind if I'm not dieting the way my friends are or whatever, whatever. But I think, I think that's like a pretty interesting thing to think about of like, when is it like jokey, fun friend, like giving to their shit. And then it transitions into like, oh, I think about this constantly. I think about this when I'm alone. This is like dominating all my energy, you know? Yeah. yeah, I remember I was at in my freshman year of college. So it was like after my freshman year is when I really focused on losing weight. Because I remember I was at a party and I was playing beer pong and this girl goes, you're just a fat loser because I won. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm actually a fat winner. If I'm going <laughs> to call you out. And I wasn't fat. I was whatever. I wasn't my healthiest because I'd been eating and drinking all year, every night. But it just it's interesting. Girls will call another girl fat who's not fat. And that's such a mean word. Whereas being called a bitch, we're like, oh, I guess I'm skinny. <laughs> it's like, and you're not wrong. I call myself that before anybody. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was reading this great essay the other day that kind of summed up what I thought a lot of women I know's issues with eating are and, and mine too. It was like women fear being too much. And that could be like too horny, too fat, like too outgoing, too funny, whatever it is. And I think that's so interesting because I have felt that it's really hard to point to words, but I felt this feeling my whole life of like, I need to be contained, controlled. I have to have like everything managed. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's like a central kind of, I don't know, just like worry for women is that, oh, I'm like spilling over the edges, which obviously like, I'm not, I'm not even saying like that that's even remotely valid. I'm just, or like it is valid, but I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's like something that women think about. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm a control freak as well, but I'm never worried about being too funny. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Like when I meet new people, I'm like, am I being too annoying? Like, am I saying too much? Do I have toilet paper hanging out of my butt? Like, I just am so scared of, uh, especially when I'm meeting new people. So then when you left Stanford, um, you, did you go back to LA? I moved to New York to start Quinn. But, oh, do you live in New York? You know, I, <laughs> I actually, I just moved back to LA but I'm in New York at the moment. I am. I have a new boyfriend here, and I basically like. I just love his apartment, so I don't really know what to say. <laughs> okay, so you have a new boyfriend, but you were dating someone else in quarantine, right? Yes, I was. Um, and so living with him. I was living with him, and by the way, at the time I was 23, and he was like 32, maybe. And basically, it wasn't like planned. Like we weren't like oh, let's move in together. It was like pandemic happened. I was like, I want to be in LA because like it's more open space. We were living in New York at the time in two separate apartments. So we like moved into the same house in LA. And I just don't know what else to say other than it was literally hell. (laughs) Can you give us some examples or like what makes it hell? Okay. So, I mean, what's funny is that I have friends who moved in with their you know, significant others over quarantine and like are obsessed with it and like have never been happier. So obviously there was something wrong in my, in my instance. Um, I think what it was, I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about it on the pod. Like he, he's a very like quiet sort of passive person and, and sort of like, have you guys read the book attached? Have you talked yeah. about it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so he's like a, an avoidant attached person. So basically that just means like he would rather not talk about things, not commit, et cetera, et cetera. And I am like a very anxiously attached person. I'm like constantly like, do you love me? Are you sure? 
what's wrong? You know? Um, and so it was sort of like that dynamic, the entire quarantine, like it was sort of like him kind of quietly, like stewing about an issue, me knowing there was an issue, but like not wanting to push too hard. And it kind of culminated in like us, like basically not speaking all day. We would literally sit at the dinner, dining room table and like watch Love Island together. It was like so dark. Like that's basically it. <laughs> and then, so you were like, okay, I can't do this. I need someone to speak. Did he stay in LA and you were like, peace? No, he left back to New York. I think, I mean, honestly, neither one of us was happy. So I don't think, like, it honestly wasn't even that bad of a breakup. I think we both were just like, we can't live like this anymore. Like, please make it stop, you know? I also, like, turned extremely toxic. Or not, like, I joke about being, like, a toxic, crazy, you know, person. But I never had, like, snooped on anyone or... I don't know. I just never really like gone down that rabbit hole of like looking on their Instagram, pulling up the, you know, zoom info, you know, doing the whole thing. And I just like did, that's what all I did. Like at night, like talk, you stalked his stuff. I would just stalk his stuff. Yeah. But if he's not speaking, you're like, what the fuck are you doing all day? I gotta yeah. know. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That was my entire thing. I was like, there has to be someone else. Like I created, you know, the most elaborate fantasy of like him cheating on me. I still don't, I just don't know if he was. So well, would he leave for periods of time? No. <laughs> but you, you can cheat online. <laughs> okay. Emotional cheating totally counts. It's still a thing. Yeah, it does. It, I guess it does. It's probably more hurtful too than the actual act of it. But yeah. Also, yeah. like credits to him, his shit was pretty locked down. So I spent most of my time just like trying to get into it and then like couldn't. <laughs> would he get locked out? Would he be like, have you been looking at my stuff? Yeah, he would. One time he went for a run and came back and his phone was disabled and he was like, come on. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm going crazy. Like, <laughs> No, the real psychopath here is this guy running without a phone. He l- runs without music. Or like, doesn't want his step count. Like, what is this? Okay, he would run with the Apple Watch, but, but he didn't like music when he ran. Also, people who do that, no, I don't trust. And there's something wrong with them. <laughs> also, like one of my worst memories from quarantine is like, he wanted to like teach me how to run or like go on runs together. And we like went on a run and I was like, I couldn't run like two blocks. And he was just like so annoyed and I felt so bad. But also just like, why would we run together? You know? (laughs) I know. That's going to cause problems. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. Such a mental challenge. Like when the one person's going faster than the other. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so weirdly competitive all of a sudden. Yeah. And you just feel terrible about yourself. You're like, am I like, I'm so out of shape. Uh, And you're like pushing yourself. And it's just not a good dynamic. (laughs) I don't like doing anything. Like, I don't. My boyfriend and I are big on going to the gym, but we go completely separately. I think we've gone together like twice ever. I see people in the gym that are like working out together. I'm like, how do you, how do you do this? I don't even like doing workout classes with friends. I don't want to know what you're doing. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I will say that there is like a certain like sexual vibe I get at the gym that like just the gym is oddly hot to me. So I would be open to like going with a, a significant other to the gym, but like we wouldn't like do things together. We would like watch each other from like other sides of the, you know, if it were I mean? like a role play thing. Like we yeah. didn't know each other. And then he like came over and be like, do you want help with this? I'd be like, sure. Oh, yeah. Or like, I'd be like, that's not how you do it. Or that's not how I do it. Like things like that. I can, I totally get that. That I would do. I just don't want to actually be like trading off sets with you. Or you guys like meet on the stretching mat, like after a hard workout and he, like you like, you know, <laughs> there you go. I'm good. Usually no. the guys who approach me are personal trainers looking for clients. They're like, you look like you need help. And I'm like, why? Because I'm texting. Okay. Also, my cousin met her husband at a yoga class. Would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the, because 
at a yoga class, you know, someone like cares about their well-being. Like they're not uber competitive. It's kind of a chill environment. You can laugh at yourself. You're not gonna be the best in the yoga class. That's weird too. You know, it's like, I feel like a romance could start at a yoga class. Unlike a Pilates class, which is like for hardos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. But does he have a man bun? Does he drink yerba mate? Like what kind of stuff? I don't like a guy who's like too chi, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. It would have to be like his one yoga class a month, you know, like. like yeah, or he goes to meet ladies. Then yeah. I can respect him. Is he like a normal dude? Is he like very ohm? The guy <laughs> yeah. Like no, guy. your cousin's husband. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's funny you ask that. He kind of is. He's pretty like, you know, granola, but he's like good. He's nice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the nice granola guys aren't really my type, but. To be fair, I just don't like guys with values. That's right. that's my big issue. So then how'd you meet your boyfriend now who's in New York? So we were friends. Okay, great story. Not great story. We were like friendly friends for a year and a half. And then we like got back in touch. We like DM'd each other over like two months ago. And we've only been together for two months. So yeah, who sent the first DM? Okay, I want to make it clear that he wanted me a lot more than I wanted him, but I sent the first DM. <laughs> what, what did you send the DM to? I think I commented on, okay, this is actually crazy. It might give away his identity, but I don't really give a fuck. He, his mom is like, used to date a tiger trainer and he posted a photo with Doc Antle. Do you know who Doc Antle is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he, he was, the guy from Tiger King? The guy from Tiger King. The one with like eight wives. Okay. And, he posted a selfie with him and I was like, oh my God, how do you know Doc Ansel? And then we started talking to him. Wow. Is his mom Car- Carol Baskins? No, but like kind of. Not actually, but kind of. <laughs> That's insane. And then, so then you were in LA and you're like, I guess I'll go to New York and see you. So you've been kind of pseudo living with him? Yeah. So he came to LA like a couple of times. We went on a trip with some friends too when he was in LA one time. And then he like just had like a minor shoulder surgery and so I came to help with that and haven't left so (laughs) so are you someone who's always in a relationship then yeah (laughs) like honestly I never thought of myself like that but like the facts are the facts I have I haven't been single for more than a month well you also you're only 24 so you never thought of yourself like that you were 15 and you're like I'm not getting that dick and your parents (laughs) are like relax okay here's something interesting though in college like I never had like a hoe phase in college I think it's just because I wasn't very cute in college I'm still I'm not saying I'm I don't believe that I don't believe it's you're very cute (laughs) you're like uh, you're like the uh you have the energy of uh I'm trying to think of I don't want to say that it's like the girl from the teacher but like oh what's her name um Kate yeah Kate Mara Yeah. yeah so beautiful so great you do have that energy of like you know small girls who are like kind and sweet and have a nice voice (laughs) I mean that in the nicest way but I I find her like so hot she's so hot she is hot so do you think you're just shy and just didn't want to put yourself out there in college yeah oh god I don't know I think you know what I think it is is like I don't think I give off that like fuck me energy at parties like, I, I think, like, in that moment when, like, everyone's drunk and, like, hooking up and, like, I don't know, I'm just not, like, when I'm drunk, that side of me doesn't really come out. Like, I'm not, like, I don't know how to, like, grind on or, like, dance sexy. Like, I, I'm more of, like, a let's get drunk and have a deep conversation and, like, you tell me everything. Like, I make you think I'm, like, an angel and then I, like, I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you don't black out. That's why you haven't had sex. <laughs> That's why you don't have a whole face. <laughs> 
And my whole face is me waking up in a guy's bed and be like, oh, what's your name? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Like I've definitely had that happen. But even in those, like when I black out, I become like Oprah. Like I, I like I find out everything about the person. I'm not like dancing sexy and cute. I like interview people. Do you think there are people that you like went to school with or that just knew you from years ago that are surprised with surprised by Quinn? Like surprised. Yeah. That's a great question. Okay. Yes. I think for some people, they're like, oh yeah, she always was like a low key freak. Like, I think a lot of people have that thought. And then a lot of people are like, oh God, like what happened to her? I think my closest friends are like, yeah, this kind of adds up. Like I love shock value. I, I will like say random things like at a dinner party or like prank people. Like I love just like doing things for like the shock value. So I think in that sense, it very like fits with my personality, but also I was just passionate about this. And like, yes, it ends up being kind of like a, like, I don't know, like a, wacky fact about me but like I'm actually pretty normal that like down to the core (laughs) what do your parents think of Quinn okay so first of all they're very supportive and like are very cool about it they're not like weirded out by it but it is funny to hear them talk about it like my mom calls it erotica like they don't want to say that I do porn I think that's the bottom line like no one wants to use the word porn that's in my family so they call it like Quinn or they call it erotica or whatever sexual wellness and I get that like obviously porn has a lot of connotations that people are uncomfortable with yeah but it's also not really porn because they're not having sex with anyone you know so it is a different kind of yeah it's a different porn. <laughs> a lot of the like bad shit that happens in porn is like motivated by the fact that they need young beautiful women to you know like do things with their bodies so that the business model can keep going and that just has nothing to do with my business right like I find like guys that are like witty enough to have good dirty talk or like sex have sexy voices and Australian accents it just it's not the same at all but the end result is an orgasm, which I guess people think, you know. But this yeah. all kind of adds up too, because it's like you're saying you're like Oprah and interview people. Like, this is kind of that. You're not like, come fuck me, like porn. You're like, let's talk it out. Like, it's all audio, you know, as opposed to you sexy dancing. So that does actually add up. Do you guys know what a sapiosexual is? Mm, no. Okay, so I'm convinced I'm a sapiosexual. Basically, it's like someone who just gets turned on by like someone's like mental by their brain and like how they oh, think yes I have because Justin Thoreau I think said he was one yeah like everyone thinks they're one because it's kind of like a cute fact but I actually have one <laughs> like I would date someone who was 500 pounds like didn't shower if they had an amazing brain so you're saying your boyfriend that you're living with right now is a huge uggo <laughs> <laughs> he's a scientist but he's ugly as fuck <laughs> he's actually probably the hottest person I've ever dated yeah I believe you date hot smart guys like there's no looks involved (laughs) okay have you ever fucked a man with man titties it's not easy oh let's hear that story yeah I mean there are too many we don't have enough time I'm just saying I've seen enough man titties to be like maybe I'm a sapiosexual (laughs) maybe I hate myself I don't know have you guys ever fucked like someone who's like a true one like a true like on a scale of one to ten like a one (laughs) I think I have like not, I've never been in a relationship with a one, but I think I've like had sex with someone who's truly ugly. Is this during the time you couldn't get turned on? <laughs> we might've solved the issue here. Yeah. Was it at Stanford? Cause I believe there are ones there for sure. <laughs> okay. Did you guys hear that, 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 um, like TikTok sound, this is total sidebar, but Alex Cooper on her podcast, call her daddy was like, all Harvard girls are ugly. And now there's like this huge TikTok trend of like Harvard girls who are like super hot being like, like lip syncing to the trend. Yeah. I mean, stupid people just say people that go to good schools are ugly because it makes us feel better. Um, So that's why. (laughs) But I actually do know hot people who went to Stanford. 
Listen, so, we're so hot. Okay. We're so hot. <laughs> I mean, you're hot. So I, I believe it, but you did not finish. So there you go. I was like, I need more hotness in my life. I need to go to New York. I just Get me out of here. <laughs> I can't have that degree on my name. I'm starting a porn website. Wait, so do you ever do voices? Like, do you have a hot porn voice? Can we hear like a hot segment of something you'd say? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely like hear, I don't do any audios on Quinn because I'm professional, okay? But, um, but I do love dirty talk. Okay, I'll give you guys some of my favorite lines. Are you ready? Yeah, <laughs> please. I'm not going to say it in my dirty talk voice, I, but I love saying to the guy I'm fucking like, what does that feel like? Like, tell me what I feel like, like describe what my pussy feels like um not that creative okay I'll get I'll get dirty no I'm gonna use that that's pretty good I want to know what does he say what does it he say it feels like okay yeah so you either get hot or like sorry warm wet or tight like you're gonna get some combination of like those three I don't know if I'll get tight but continue (laughs) he'll say it's tight even if it's not tight oh my god my boyfriend the other night like was trying to make me feel sad and he was like your pussy's like the Grand Canyon isn't that like such a bad insult (laughs) wait why would he say that okay yeah that's like it's so not he's really nice and sweet and tells you that pussy is tight all the time but we were just like giving each other shit because like we were debating how big his penis was and then he was like how would you feel if I said your pussy is like the Grand Canyon and I was like oh I'd feel terrible (laughs) Mm, yeah um anyway okay other hotlines to say in bed um like obviously I'd say like I love the way you taste I love the way you smell um I want you to like put your cum in me I want you to like release into me um are you on an IUD yeah <laughs> oh that, that yeah sorry asterisks only if you're on birth control but you can still say that they're wearing a condom right like yeah I guess I don't know 99.9 baby as long as that thing's wrapped up and everything's covered you can say whatever you want I also feel like unfortunately condoms have not been in vogue recently which is like the yeah. other sad issue in, in America <laughs> that no one's using condoms yeah I have herpes no one's using them do you actually have herpes? Yeah, I do. Orally or? No, in the vagina. The bad one. Number two. <laughs> number, number two. What is it like, honestly? It hurt the first time, but I actually haven't had an outbreak since because I take Valtrex daily. But uh, it's just like annoying. It's just annoying to have it. But now I'm dating someone and he literally didn't care. So, you know, it's harder when you're not dating someone because you're like, not only do I have to meet someone and they have to like me, but I have to tell them this thing that like, is a deal breaker for a lot of people, which sucks, but I don't think it should be. And honestly, before I had it, it would have been for me, but the guy lied. So that's how I got it. So I don't really mind having it because I feel like I'm much more educated on it. And like, I'm like, if someone cares that much about it, they don't like me at all. When you have it, is it like very clearly not an ingrown? Like, how do you know that it's not? It's very clearly not. I also got sick. So I was, I thought I had COVID. I lost like 10 pounds. So wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me, but, um, I lost 10 pounds. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't lift my head. Um, and, and then I finally like looked down and it, it was, it was bad. It it looked like a storm radar. Just like there, you don't get one with an ingrown hair, you get one and you can also pop an ingrown hair. You can't pop a herpes. Like, like it would just hurt even if you weren't touching it. Herpes. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I remember I once had an ingrown hair. I thought I had it and I went to the gynecologist and she's like, no, you would know, you would know. And then I finally got it and I'm like, you know, I think it's so cool how open you are about it. Cause that's just like the best thing for people to just talk about it. Then like more people tell each other that they have it, then more people like just deal with it. It's just like such a better situation than having it like not be talked about. 
it's really not that big of a deal. It's just more of a punchline on in so many movies and shows. And I think that is, you know, I don't, I'm not going to police people doing jokes because I think that's worse than anything, but it is one of those things where it's like, how is this such a hack punchline? Right. Yeah. It's not even funny, really. It's just like overdone. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it, it, it contributes to people being so sad when they get it. I was going to say it contributes to people thinking they're alone. Cause I feel like a big thing that you've talked about is the fact that like so many people came forward, like, oh yeah, no, same. Like so many people actually do have it. Just no one talks about it. And I think it is one of those things where it's like when you are very open about it and you're just like, hey, like this is the thing. People like not that they should be joking, but they should at least feel comfortable enough being like, okay, yeah, like this is not an uncommon thing. And I think it honestly extends to like talking about sex, talking about eating disorders, Mm -hmm. like all these things. Like they're probably funny because they're true. And like, I think just silence doesn't help anyone like with any of these things. And also they're not, like you say, like they become less of a big deal the more you talk about them and the more you figure them out. Yeah. Like I, I was at Target the other day and this woman was like, Hey, do you have a smaller petroleum jelly? Cause she had like this huge tub. And to be honest, I don't even know what petroleum jelly is, but it just felt like I was like, wow, this woman's really like casual. She's like screaming across Target. Like, do you have a smaller petroleum jelly? And then I'm like, I don't even know what petroleum jelly is, but it just sounds gross. (laughs) Like whatever she's putting it on is probably not great so I had like this judgmental moment and then I'm like picking up my Valtrex literally <laughs> picking up my Valtrex, judging this woman for petroleum jelly and I'm like man this world is fucked up I don't yeah, know around petroleum jelly like stuff. yeah because it's all I mean it's all a skin thing right so like it's a rash or whatever and I'm like ew what's her rash that she has petroleum <laughs> jelly and I'm like screaming at the pharmacist for charging me $15 for $50 for Valtrex I'm like I can only pay 10 I have to get this monthly um God. okay another thing that the pharmacy stresses me out so much I have like existential pharmacy anxiety like the whole interaction with the pharmacist like it doesn't make sense I'm not saying it's sensical, but it's just like the pharmacy stresses me out. Well, what kind of medication are you on? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> I want antidepressants. Um, mm. And the thing that I think why I have the, or like anti-anxiety, it's in Balta, So it's anti-anxiety and anti-depression. But the thing that's stressing me out is I always go to the pharmacy when I'm like, I have one left or something. Mm-hmm. It's very high stakes. Every time I'm interacting with the pharmacist, I'm like, give me the fucking Zubalta. It's like so, I'm like, like a junkie. And so it's like so stressful. And then did you get on that after your eating disorder? Or do you think that contributed to it? I got off of it like a month. Sorry, I got on it a month after the eating disorder. So it was kind of like part of my recovery was dealing with like those like depressed, anxious thoughts, you know? Yeah. So then you moved home at that time. You're like, yeah, this was junior year. I moved home, like definitely got a lot of like psychiatric help and kind of like sorted it all out, which was good. Gained weight, you know. Yeah. yeah. Was it, I mean, was it hard? To, Cause my friend was really skinny and she gained 20 pounds in quarantine. And she was like, oh, I feel so, but she looked better. Honestly, yeah. she looks, but she's like, it's hard to gain weight as a woman. Was it hard to gain that weight, even though you knew it was healthier and you were feeling better and looking better? Like, was it still hard to gain weight? Yeah, you know, I think this part of the like conversation around eating disorders is actually like not talked about enough. I think in sort of like eating disorder communities or whatever it's called, like re- the refeeding process, which is like, let's say you're really underweight and you have to start eating again. That's kind of like the couple of months when you're like gaining a lot of weight. Um, and I think people don't talk about it because if you are someone who's like really anorexic, that's like a very scary thing to think about is like the, the refeeding, like uh, I'm going to be a monster that like, can't stop eating, you know? But for me, my experience was, it was very difficult. Um, 
it was, it really sucked. Like it, cause I was used to really having like a pretty big fear of food. I felt like every time I ate something, I was going to die. Like that's how like progressed my issues had become. Obviously it started as like, you know, like you're talking about like, like funny, casual calorie counting. And yeah. it became just very, like, very difficult um, to eat anything. And so making this transition from like, never really feeling hungry, even I'd become sort of numb to like, all of a sudden being like ravenous and eating like 10,000 calories a day was like, really crazy. Um, yeah. But then like, you know, I think my like, my advice, I guess, or like, not that anyone needs it, like, for anyone struggling in that way is like, time and like it gets better and like just being patient and gentle with yourself because yeah it's gonna suck gaining weight if you have an eating disorder and you're, you're used to being underweight you're used to controlling all of your food um like it's gonna be hard but that doesn't mean it's not like the most worth it things like figure out your relationship to food figure out your relationship to your body and like all that stuff you know it's so worth it for your happiness for your family's happiness for your friend's happiness like anyone who loves you will be like so grateful for that. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially at that age in college where you're like, shut up, mom, shut up, dad. Yeah. It's actually so funny that you say that because it's so similar to when a friend has like a really toxic boyfriend and you're like, oh, I don't want to like sound judgmental, but I also want to like help them get out of this. That's like how I felt when I had my eating disorder was like my well-meaning friends would be like, are you okay? Like, you look a little sick. Like, is everything, you know, like, can I help you? Whatever. And I would be like, I would freak out. Cause I was like, oh my God, like they think I'm crazy. They think I'm one of those sad girls with an eating disorder, even though I very much was a sad girl with an eating disorder. Like I was like, I just like was so afraid of everyone like thinking about me or having any judgment of me. And I was so defensive obviously. And so, yeah, I mean, what to do as a friend in that position, it's so hard. It's so hard. So I yeah. was just like being like, as gentle and, you know, as you can be, but obviously you have to say something, you know? Yeah. So. I think it's also people like know the right thing to say, but in that moment, cause there's a panic. Like when you see someone you love, that is clearly not themselves and is clearly not doing well. Like everyone's immediate react. Like I always joke around the people that when you're depressed, the ones that care about you are like, well, just like be happy. You're okay. Just be happy. You're like, is that your advice? Like, are you fucking kidding me? So people like have all the advice, but they want to expedite it when really it's like, it took me, especially for eating disorders. It's like, it took me a long time to get to this point. Like we're in it for the long haul to get me to back to where I was. Yeah. I, I say like, or just like having anxiety is like in telling someone, well, just stop thinking about it. Don't overthink it. Or like stop having anxiety. I'm like, that's like telling someone in a wheelchair to just get up and walk. It's literally impossible. Yeah. Right. Well, we only have a little bit left, but I want to ask, I mean, your brother is like, do you feel a pressure of like, cause my brother owns a house and also owns a business, but he's not your brother. And I feel like, am I living in this shadow? And I feel constantly competitive. Do you feel competitive now that you're starting an app and your brother started Snapchat? Yeah. You know, okay. Obviously like I'm a human being, like it would be like, it would be so weird if I had absolutely no like competition, like feelings inside me. But I think like I lucked out in that like our relationship is very non-competitive. Like we're different genders. He's like almost 10 years older than me. Like we have very different personalities and interests. So it's not like we're like twins and like one of us made the varsity team, you know? But I think obviously like one of my insecurities is like my success level. Um, I think I would be like totally being dishonest if I, if I didn't say that, you know? Yeah. But does he promote, like, do you get to use Snapchat to promote Quinn and like, does he help with cross promotions? Cause that's gotta be nice. Yeah. I mean, no, he doesn't, but like, I 
I don't think I would really like ask him to do that. It's interesting. To, it's been interesting to figure out like, do I really truly want to do this on my own or do I want to like use a quote unquote like leg up kind of thing? Um, and I kind of ultimately have decided like, I want to do this like on my own, on my own path, like on my own merit. So like, yeah, I could totally like, just be like, I mean, I don't know if he would even do this. It doesn't matter. But I, if I used like, you know, his platform or whatever, I don't think I would feel like as satisfied as if I like grew like a, a community or a customer base that like really loved my product, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I would use my brother. I think <laughs> I asked my brother for a hundred dollars all the time. I'm like, hey, can you Venmo me? Uh, but no, I, I respect that totally. But I just um yeah it's a weird thing of like am I not using my resources or do I want to do this thing of like I totally understand that but in a way like no judgment to people that use like any leg up that they have like I definitely have like had asked him for an introduction or blah 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 like definitely like yeah no shade to those people because you're just like hopefully trying to do something good for the world and need all the help you can get so like you know yeah good for you (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> and you're only 24 it makes me you know if you weren't so cool I would not like you because you're <laughs> successful at 24 well I'm a huge fan of this podcast and of both of you I like binged it and so oh thanks it's, it's a, such a fun like open space to talk about stuff so um and so I always leave on do you have one secret you don't want your parents to know Ooh, fuck definitely hold on <laughs> okay here's <sighs> This, tell me if this is good enough. I don't think of another song. When I was like in middle school, I used to like go on a magle in my dad's basement and show like young men my tits. <laughs> you should awesome. go on what? Do you know like Omegle? It was like a chat roulette website. Yeah. <laughs> when so, I was 14. <laughs> okay. So you say that they in college, I'm not like a come fuck me girl. You're like, yeah, because I got over that phase from middle school. I showed everyone's my tits. <laughs> Oh, I also, one time I was on a Europe trip and I like crashed a bachelor party and like made out with the guy who was going to get married the next day. When was that? That was when I was right after high school. That's like bad. Like, you know, don't do that. Don't do yeah. That. But also, is that on you? You were 18 and this guy was about to get married. So yeah, that's another great point. Like, that's not on me for sure. <laughs> no, my friend had an Eiffel Tower with a guy who was getting married and in Vegas. And she like felt all this guilt about it. And I was like, look, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. However, <laughs> that, the guilt is on him. Like, he is responsible. He should have said no. Like, you were, she, I think she was 21 at the time and he was. 35 or something so it's like I have an Eiffel Tower without the two pillars so if it was just her you know it takes two to tango right so yeah and there was a groomsman right there they were doing it together so it's wow that's exciting though I mean that's- so you are a secret freak this porn yeah. stuff it's full circle I mean yeah look I'm a secret freak okay not so secret <laughs> But it's interesting you were showing guys your tits and then you were like, ah, I just don't think the visual does it for me. But I guess visual <laughs> with guys. I know. Well, I was definitely like toxically like into getting male attention for a while. You know what I mean? How like you kind of go through that when you're young. Oh, <laughs> I'm still going through that. I still do it. I love male attention. But um, how big were, I have to ask one last question. How big were your tits in middle school that you were like, well, guys on the internet have to see this? I don't know if you can see, I literally don't have tits. Like they're completely flat. And so they were like, probably just like, like flesh and nipple, like, like literally like flat and nipple. So, and that still probably did the trick. Like, you know, yeah, you still probably did made a lot of men's days. I like had like a training bra and I was like, Woo! <laughs> like yeah. 
and so it was like chat roulette so different guys would pop up and you just flash your tits and then move on right, basically that yeah that's basically that's awesome. how it yeah. did you do it with a friend or by yourself both so you were really actually, horny it was like more thrilling alone I gotta be honest of mm. course because then you don't have the judgment next to you like is this yeah. fun and it was like it was like only my tits so it was like you know they wanted to see me not, not, you know Kelly or whatever and your parents never caught you <laughs> damn I'm trying to think of anything else I just want to like get it all off my chest now um no yeah, I really this is confessional I've never stolen anything which I am proud of that's pretty good <laughs> but if both your parents are lawyers you wouldn't have to <laughs> I uh I don't really do a lot of drugs I definitely like at one point had a serious alcohol problem but not, no longer. I'm sober now. So you're completely sober? Yeah. Mostly just because, like, I think my anxiety gets so bad when I drink. So I, like, tell people I'm allergic, but, like, I just, like, have bad anxiety when I drink. So That's Yeah, cool. I go through phases, but we're different <laughs> tonight. Don't worry, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, you have to get back to your hot boyfriend. So I let him eat my ass tonight for fun. Ooh, I love that. Can he do that with his shoulder? I feel like, yeah, he can leverage it. That's actually a great question. I should care more about his shoulder. <laughs> no, just have him lie back and you can sit on his face. There you go. Well, do you want to plug like whatever you want to plug uh, your Instagram or Quinn, obviously, but yeah, just follow. like I would love if anyone who's like interested in Quinn followed at try Quinn. So it's T-R-Y-Q-U-I-N-N. And we'll be posting a lot of exciting updates in the coming month or so. So stay tuned. Perfect. I'm going to listen to that tonight. I'm in my parents' basement. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> what Harry's the good guy. Harry, or like, are you more into like a more intense or like a chill vibe? I don't know yet. Okay, and Nani, a Nani fun is like really intense, and Harry's more like mellow. So just you know, I have to eat dinner with my dad to decide which intensity I want. Get the food but... in you and then decide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 